Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, this is Kevin Conde, and I'm excited to introduce you to this week's guest. During this week's Clubhouse edition of the podcast, Ashley Taylor and I got the opportunity to sit down and chat with Rashmi Gill, who is a lifestyle branding and portrait photographer based out of New York City. During our chat, we discussed how she moved to New York from London in 2015 and had to start her business over from scratch. We also talked about how she networked with her community to grow her business the evolution of her pricing for personal branding, and how she managed to keep working in New York City as it experienced surges of COVID-19 that shut the city down through 2020. It was great to hear her story, and we're excited to share this episode with you. So sit back and relax, and let's get started with Rashmi Gill. Welcome everyone to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde, and I'm here with my co-host Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce Education. Nikki Klosser hosts our Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you today? I'm great, Kevin, and I'm so excited to be here co-hosting once again and introduce our guest, Rashmi Gill. Welcome, Rashmi. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, 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 so good to be here. Thank you for having me. So you have been part of the Portrait System community for a while now. You took part in the original 90-day startup group back when it was called the 12-week startup. Yeah, so, OG. <laughs> so considering that the podcast isn't the only thing I do, I also lead the 90-day challenge, uh, which starts back up March 7th, everyone. I'm, uh, I'm super interested in hearing your experience with the program. So for those who are new to the program uh, in the Portrait System community, can you tell me a bit about what you've been able to get out of going through the 90-day challenge and how the information has helped your business? Oh, my goodness. And we only have half an hour to do that. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) Well, in a nutshell, goodness, what can I say? In a nutshell, the program has built me in so many ways. I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. I have uh, been a photographer for many years now, but I would always be looking for not just the technical abilities, which is always an ongoing thing, but the side that I needed more help with, which is the business, the self-work, and then the real community, community that isn't just going to say, or rather, (laughs) community who's actually genuinely going to help you. And when I found the uh, Sue Bryce community, it was like angels singing in my head um it was everything I wanted and more um and then the program itself the fact that it allowed you to take a couple of things you do you could do it in your own time um it gave you real accountable steps which for me accountability was really helpful and also you had this group of people with you at that time going through the things that you're going through at the same time so you're able to laugh cry scream shout (laughs) share like everything and then some and um if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would have been able to take that next step, step up to make my business a real sustainable uh, business and 
don't get me wrong, I'm still working on so many things. But it, it, I, I think the biggest thing it helped me with was my imposter syndrome and my am I worth it or not syndrome. I, it, for the first time in my life, I was able to say, yes, I'm worth it and charge the prices that every photographer should be able to charge for their, their work. Let me ask you something. I know you mentioned to us privately that, you know, your parents were a bit I guess skeptical might be the right word when you were mm. leaving being a lawyer, which was kind of, you know, the type of job they wanted you to have that they mm. felt was safe and um, decided to go into photography. So did having that community help at all with some of the mindset stuff that I would imagine has to happen when you have to brave up kind of going to your family and doing the thing they don't want you to do yeah I mean absolutely that whole mindset is so important in my mind having done it <laughs> excuse the pun um having done it I realize even more how important it is um and and I think it showed to my parents that this was going to be a sustainable thing now again just to give a bit of background as you mentioned they were first generation immigrants they came from Kenya and India to England and they worked really 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 hard to make a life for myself and my brothers so in their mind they wanted me uh, to become a professional dare I say it and a professional in those times was either a doctor lawyer dentist and coming from an Indian community anyone who's Southeast Asian or otherwise from those kind of cultures will know that a professional job as seen by the sort of our parents was the only job and so when I realized my passion in law wasn't there anymore um, and photography overtook that passion and I started being, building it into a business the mindset work helped me show them how well I could be as a business but more importantly that I can be financially independent and that's all they ever wanted me to be financially independent no matter what and as soon as they could see that they were my biggest um, biggest advocates they would give my card out to people they would proudly say my daughter is a photographer and has her own business and that to me means everything that's, oh I love that awesome. <laughs> um that obviously doesn't happen right off the bat to be successful to be moving forward how do you did you have to one did you have to deal with criticism from your parents um as you said you know that culture wants you to uh, doctor, dentist, lawyer, what about friends? Are they criticizing you, like saying, what are you doing? Or did you have all that support? Yeah, my parents are so uh, supportive. I mean, they're visiting now from London and they they finally, after two, two years, we finally got to see them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are my biggest advocates, my best friends. They're everything to me. So they are amazing. Other people, though, yes, if I say to people I'm a photographer, they think, oh, she's just a hobbyist with a camera who likes to take pretty pictures. And um, But then when I start really explaining what I do, um, they actually sit up and listen. <laughs> and, um, and, and it's a shame that that's the case. It shouldn't have to be the case that I have to explain what I do. Um, if I carried on saying I was a lawyer, people would sit with surprised ears. Yeah, exactly. So um, I find things are changing somewhat because, you know, jobs and the job uh, sector is so different and the opportunities are so different. Um, but it does take time. And I think as a community, if we are able to show that we are just as good as any lawyer, doctor, dentist, <laughs> professional means any of us as, as well. Um, what we do is a is a service that every day you will see is needed. Anytime you open your computer, go onto social media, go onto the news, what do you see? Photographs. Who's taking them? Photographers. What would you do without these photographers? I love that. That puts it into a whole new perspective that I haven't really heard phrased before like how prevalent photography is in our lives and of course professional photographers are the ones making that possible so I love that um insight and what I wanted to say is like you so you transition from a lawyer to what your specialty is right now is personal branding or one of your specialties I would imagine that 
that would be a kind of easy connection in the sense that, well, you have this whole network and database of professionals who might be needing pictures. Can you talk a little bit about how you, or if you have tapped into your older net, your network from your past career to launch your personal brand business? Absolutely. Um, I'd love to. Uh, Just, I can give a little bit of a background if that helps. When I uh, transitioned into becoming a photographer many years ago, I did what a lot of people did. I tried everything. (laughs) Weddings, events, people, children, babies, you name it. I realized very fast I didn't want to do weddings because my weekends were being taken up. It was a lot of work, a lot of hassle. Um, But I slowly, slowly built up a network in England. And one of of my superpowers, dare I say, is speaking to people and being social. Um, I always use this because it puts it into context. My husband says, I can make friends in a morgue. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll take I'll take that as a compliment. Um, and so it was through natural uh, socialising that I started creating clients. And um, then when I came to to New York in 2015, I after settling in my daughter and our, our sort of family. I slowly started socialising because we had no friends here, no family here, and we I built a community um, outside of photography and slowly became quite sort of well-known within that social circle and various, it's from various avenues um, that I've been able to network. And so the clients I've got um, are very... um, so connected to that. I'm part of a couple of women networking groups. I'm, and it's, it's interesting when I look back at the more recent journey, um, a lot of my clients have been women, um, some who are starting a business, some who have started a business and are quite established and just realize they need a lot of more imagery or updated imagery, imagery, um, everything from, dare I say it, lawyers um, to, uh, uh, um, I was going to say estate agents, but here it's called realtors, Um, um, life coaches, uh, makeup artists, comedians, um, corporate, everything. And what I really have realized is I love creating brands and I love creating shoots and I love clients that I can work closely with to create a shoot for them so I try when I do my pre-shoot consultation we really sit down and work out what it is that their brand is who is it who who are they what is it that they want to portray from these photos and then we really break it down and I often say to my clients to be totally honest with you preparation is key so on shoot date itself Everything, I have a shot list, I have a list of what they're going to wear, what they have to bring, where we're going to shoot it, everything is laid out. So it's so easy and more importantly, fun. I want them to have fun on the shoot Um, because as you can imagine, a lot of people are always nervous Um, and it's just happened very organically that way that it's a lot of women that I've I've found to be my clients. So with that, and it seems like you have such a diverse type of clientele, like you said, everything from professionals to comedians, <laughs> which yeah. makes total sense yeah, being that you're, that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it makes total sense being that you're in New York City. So um, how do you like, how do you keep it cohesive? Because you're obviously marketing to, you know, like I said, there's a pretty big difference between a realtor and a, a comedian, I guess. So how mm. do you keep your like messaging consistent for all those different types of businesses? So my messaging is simply that I'm a personal branding photographer and I take photos that best represent you. It's as simple as that. And I then the it. work and the work that's then done around that is the, the sort of sitting down and really breaking it down. And I have clients who say, oh, yeah, I just want to wear five outfits and do a few sh- shoots outside, uh, shots outside. I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, where do you want to? do it what does it mean doing it there what are you going to wear and what how does that represent what you who you are and and in that location um 
I, I even talk to them about their branding colors. How can we incorporate those in the photographs? And slowly people think, realize, actually, it's not as easy as just turning up and I have the camera and we take pretty pictures. There's a lot more involved. And um, they actually appreciate having that time to discuss and create this shoot for them. Um, others, I have people who have a team of graphic designers or web designers who already have the vision and then I work with them and we create the shoot. But it simply is, what are these photos going to say about you? What is it that you want, to, want them to say about you? And what is the best way of, package, uh, of, of creating those pictures? I was going to say with so much diverse uh, professions in front of you, um, a lot of people when they're doing personal branding will stick to a specific niche because they'll know about the, the expertise or have a deeper knowledge of the profession. Do you feel like just having a, a baseline knowledge of what they do, for instance, a, a comedian versus say a lawyer, does mm. that expertise of knowledge of their profession not have to go that deep or how does that work for you? Mm, interesting question. I, I think the way that that's worked with me is I get to know the person. And through doing that, I get to understand what they do. And by understanding what they do, I get a better understanding of how they need to be represented unless they already have a visual of that. Um, so I think it goes hand in hand somewhat. Um, I had a, one of my the life coach client that I recently had. She, it was really interesting. Her husband is well connected and has lots of photographers that he knows that could have easily done her shoot. She found me on Instagram, started following me, and then finally reached out and said, "I don't know what it is, but there's something about you that I want you to do my photos." And I was like. Amazing. Thank you so much for that honor. And when we started doing the, the pre-consult shoot, she already had some vision board photos, which I always put together as well. And um, she, when the shoot was done, she was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I wanted, if not better. And it wasn't just down to me. It was also her. Because I always say to clients, you need to tell me what it is that you really want. Or, and more importantly, what you don't want. So I can make sure that these images are, are going to be ultimately the ones that you're going to use for your business or your whatever the purpose might be. I love that she found you on Instagram of all places because, you know, I'm a big proponent of Instagram mm -hmm. marketing. And I think it just goes to show that, like, you know, people sometimes just lurk on your Instagram and watch you for a while. And it's just that consistent, like, putting out there what you do and what you how you can help people. And you never know, mm. like, who's watching, who's going to see exactly. you. Um, and... One thing that's, you know, to me so unique about your personal brand photography is that it's outdoors in New York City, of course, one of the most <laughs> iconic cities in the world, um, with so many amazing locations. And yet, like, we've talked to, Kevin and I have interviewed a lot of personal brand photographers um, here on Clubhouse, and most people, you know, shoot kind of I guess what you might call Bryce glamour style, mm. in-studio, that kind of thing. So how does doing it outdoors change things? Just from even from like a logistical perspective, because I would imagine weather factors in. Mm. In New York, you may have to deal with <coughs> location permits and things that are off limits. Like how, how does doing this business outdoors change things? Mm, it changes a lot. So I do now have a small room in our apartment that I use as a studio. Oh, cool. Uh, so I'm lucky to have that. So I um, have had shoots there. And then we have a very, very small rooftop um, that I can also use and have used. But the outdoor shooting really works because every uh, so the realtor shoot that I did, we had her walking in the streets. We had, she told me 
that she wanted certain types of um, shots. She said, I normally change my shoes and put on my high heels just as about as I'm about to do a viewing. So we even did a shot of her putting on shoes and those shoes happen to be similar colors to what she has in her brand. And, um, you know, even having the coffee in the street. Um, I had someone who's a finance person who wanted to also show that she likes to keep fit. So we had her running in the park. Um, I'm lucky enough to be in Chelsea in New York City, so I'm not far from the Flatiron Building and those epic views of Empire State. Um, so, of course, a lot of people want photos there. I've made connections with people on rooftops, so I'm able to go to some epic views um as long as the weather's right but the weather is the the one which can you know that's something you can't control mm-hmm. so we always have a backup so I always say listen of course this is weather permitting we look at the season just to get a better idea we think about even from the foliage and the trees you know is that going to impact the photos so there's a lot of thinking that has to be done but in my head it's quite natural to think that way my mind is weird like that I think about all these extra things um, that clients may not have thought about so even if that means pushing the shoot a little bit into the spring or summer at least then we've thought about it because I don't want them to come back and say oh but it was autumn and there's no leaves on the trees and I can't use that now so you know it's important that we get it right so Oh, sorry, Kevin, you go. <laughs> so is, is the fact that you are in New York and there's just so much, this, you know, skylines, parks, just so much to see oh. the main reason for shooting outdoors or is the car, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. bet it's expensive to rent there. Yeah. So I, um, it's interesting when I was, we, we moved more recently over the last few years and the apartment we were renting at that time had the most epic views of um, New York City and I did a lot of shoots up there. I, ha- I used to convert my living room, move the dining table and do shoots <laughs> sort of on almost on a white wall and, and, and put backdrops off if needed but I I would worked with what I had and I hustled like crazy. But I found that working outside I really enjoy um, because it made, for me, every shoot interesting. From a financial perspective, though, I realized I'm doing a lot more work. So this year, with the help with <laughs> of a lot of Sue Bryce um, members, I said, I want to raise my prices. How is everyone doing it? And one of the things I did is I added a location fee. So Mm -hmm. I have a half-day location fee and a full-day location fee. And then I also say, you know, if there's any expenses such as uh, renting, uh, beg your pardon, um, using a taxi somewhere, that the client pays for that if we're going from a couple of different locations a bit further away. So I've managed to package that in in terms of expenses and, and finances. And, of course, I've upped my prices a bit. Do you mind sharing your prices and packaging? Because I think with personal branding, you know, it runs a big gamut. And, you know, sometimes people get really tripped up. Do I give them 100 images? Do I give them six images? (laughs) Like, what what do I do? Um, And there really isn't a right answer, but I would love to know how you do it. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I have... (laughs) <laughs> I have gone around the houses with this one. And initially I started with the original Sue Bryce um, pricing. Um, but now my collections start from five up to a hundred or 500, but basically go up by a thousand. So five images, digital images are $1,150, $1,150. And then it goes up by um, 10 images, 2,150, 20 images, 3,150, and they're on so forth. And my location fee, half a day, which is I count as three hours, is 350. Full day, which I count as six hours, is 650. Now, I, I feel like that might still be too low, but... That's where I'm comfortable right now. Mm-hmm. And I've started, people have booked me in for the, I mean, I've, I've had a few people booking me in for the collection 10 and 20. I have someone who's looking at the 30 already. I think what I'm planning to do is it'll either be every year I'm going to increase my prices and just bite the bullet and do it. I've, what I've realized I want to do, and I think I've realized this a long time ago, do less 
for more. Um, my mm-hmm. time with my family is super important. I I want to make the money, but I also want to spend the time with my kids. I had a baby over the COVID and lockdown. So oh, wow. Growing so fast and I'm losing that time. So time to me is so important. I love what I do, but I love my my people as well. So it's finding yes. that right balance, right? When when you said um, two, like five images is where it starts with, the first thing I thought was, oh my gosh, we're shooting outdoors and you're shooting for maybe like you said, an on-location fee for half day is three hours. Like how could they just choose five images? I know when I shoot outdoors, I actually get way more images and in the studio, I feel like only because like there's just so much going on outside and I think there's just so many ways to make variety happen um so do you find a lot of people like wanting just five images or are you getting no, they yeah get, but that's the whole point <laughs> <laughs> it's like you give them this but then they want a lot more yeah um that's the whole point I mean a lot of the people who book the five images or sometimes even 10 come to the studio okay um, they know like they want the headshots or, or whatever the case might be. Um, and if need be, I actually use the rest of my apartment. There's corners that I've used. There's walls that I've used. So it looks like a location studio, but it's not. Um, but it's still within the parameters of my uh, sort of studios. So I haven't had to quote unquote travel anywhere um but that's the whole point you know if they want five and they still want to go outside i'm like in secretly in my head going yeah <laughs> good luck choosing five images yeah <laughs> so you're so i'm guessing you're often selling like a much bigger package to the people who yeah. go outdoors okay that's what i just yeah. wanted to clarify because like it just yeah it seems like for all that work of going outside you'd want people to even maybe pre-commit to a minimum of like 30 images but you're saying you don't have them pre-commit you just no I I mean I kind of do what I think I would like so one of the things I don't like is when people sell to me Mm -hmm. um and so I don't sell to people when people ask me what I do I tell them but I don't give them my card and I don't sort of you know, really do the whole uh, speech, I organically tell them what I do. And then we connect. But then if they then think about a photographer, hopefully I'm in their mind. But we tend to keep connecting. And like you said, with Instagram, once they start following you, they start realizing what you're doing. And before you know it, they're a client of yours. And a lot of people I've met that way have become clients and then friends. Um, So I love when it happens organically. Yes, I love that you just said that too, because that's something I always tell people about Instagram is like, sure, it's great to get like a magical person that you didn't know existed randomly follow you on Instagram and turn into a client, but Mm. use your warm network. Like when you go Mm. to a networking event, tell people like, hey, I'd love to follow you on Instagram Mm. and then you follow them and Mm -hmm. then, you know, you be their cheerleader. Eventually, they'll reciprocate. Then they see the drip, drip, drip of like your amazing experience and then they want to do it. Like it doesn't, like sometimes I think people feel like Instagram has to be this super magical thing where people discover you via a hashtag and it can really be so much more powerful when you use it with your warm network with people that you've met in real life. So true. So, so true. So I wanted to ask you, how do you incorporate or do you incorporate ideas like product shots or flat lays for a business when they come to you? Is that, mm. do you replace yeah. those or is that an add-on cost or mm. how does that work for you? Yeah, I so I used to do product photography. I used to do for a um, in England. I did uh, shoots on a regular basis for a luxury linen brand, which had a store, but it wasn't so much lay flats. It was sort of in situ, or we'd we'd um, stage some stuff. But to be honest, I I'm, I do what I'm good at, and I do what I enjoy. Just like weddings, it wasn't my thing. Um, I, I won't do lay flat. I'll refer people to people who do that. Um, I will incorporate products into a shoot if it makes sense. And of course, I will get those shots of a product for a client, 
you know, in a in a sort of a setting that makes sense. But I I'm I'm realized I just need to focus on what I'm good at and what I enjoy and let everyone else do what they're good at and what they enjoy. <laughs> no, that may <laughs> do what you love, as you said, you know. Or else uh, the product at the end of the day isn't going to be what you want it to be. Exactly. Rashmi, I also wanted to ask you, because I was, you know, doing a little research on you online, and <laughs> um, you had, like, an article written about you, and it said in the article that you do a lot of work for Madison Square Garden. So I was like, whoa, that sounds fancy and cool. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, actually, it's Madison Square Park. So oh! Garden would be a whole different thing. Oh, but, I was going to say. I know, I was like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm hanging with the people in, in the garden. No, I mean, but, I mean, to, uh, jokes aside, Madison Square Park, it has been a huge part of that community I initially spoke about. Um I didn't live too far from it when we first moved here and having had a one-year-old at the time and being from England where you have lots of green space and a garden in, in, the, in your, at the back of your house, we needed green space and we used to go there, I used to go there every day with my daughter and it became a, a place where I met a lot of people from in or around the vicinity who lived there, worked there, just visited and it became a huge part of my day-to-day life and I call all my community my New York family um I then long story short I was so I fell in love with the park so much that there's a Madison Square Park Conservancy that runs the park and not many people realize this but their park is run by the Conservancy and 100% of the money that they raise goes into supporting that park and making it the green oasis that it is and so I said I would love to help and support because you've given me so much I'd love to give something back I became I am, and now am the co-chair of their associate board oh, and wow. oh, nice. I also was asked to do to their um, official photos so a lot of the photos that you'll see on their website um, are taken by me and it's interesting because they're pictures of the park so it was something that took me away from my portrait photography but I loved it because I loved the park so it comes back to doing what I love and then they asked me to do photos every so often every year or six months they have a new art installation so Maya Lynn was the last one Hugh Hayden is the recent one they'll ask me to do photos of the installation and sometimes of the artist so again in the back of my mind, it's still networking. It's getting to know people and getting my name out there. I was fortunate enough to have one of my photos a few years ago posted, um, printed actually in um, the New York Times. And for me, that was a huge moment. Um, nice. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about creating communities outside of photography, which fuel your soul, but also fuel your business, because it is about business at the end of the day. Yeah, I I love that you brought this up because it reminds me of an interview that Kevin and I did with Christine Logan and she Mm. um, was on the board or is still on the board for the ballet in her city, which I believe is Fort Wayne, Indiana. Might be wrong about that. But um, she said that being on the board of the ballet, like, was just huge for her business because of the connections Mm -hmm. that she made with the other board members because people who tend to do philanthropy like that tend to be, I guess, people with disposable income and people Mm -hmm. who are prominent in the business community. So have you found, like, connections like that also have come through the... Yeah, I am all about making connections and the senior board, the associate board, the the people who use the park, just generally um, walking around. I've been stopped in the park with my camera and asked for my card uh, on several occasions and I'll happily give it and and sort of reach out to them if I have theirs. Um, it's been such a powerful way of, of building that network of clients. And, you know, some work out, some don't, but that's the nature of the game. I love that. That's It just goes to show that marketing can be so much more than just, you know, 
like going to a standard networking event or oh. like making a post on Instagram. It's really just about how can you be involved in your community and build relationships. What is it that um, Sue says about taps, having little taps open everywhere? That's how I feel about the networking. You know, you have to sort of have it happening all over the place and sort of, <laughs> I'm going to say it, tap into those communities. You call them faucets here, right? I'm talking about yes, faucets, yes, yes. Way, American <laughs> friends. Taps are what we call them in England. I still say the English lingo and every now and then I have to stop myself. And <laughs> say, um but yeah, so I, I look at, I, I don't go into a situation thinking, okay, I'm going to use this as a way of building my business. But in the back of my mind, I, it's always there. I love that. I wanted to pivot for a second and talk about COVID and the pandemic, just because I know you're in New York City on the news for the last two years. It mm-hmm. seems like multiple times New York City has been one of the hardest hit places with lots of closures. Mm. And I'm wondering how, you know, as a business owner, you navigated that because, you know, I think how we navigate the struggles is such an important lesson for anyone because we never really Mm -hmm. know what the future is going to hold. So how has the pandemic affected your business and how were you able to navigate that? Oh, it was hard. Um, of course, can't do any shooting, photo shooting, so couldn't do any uh, portrait sessions. And then on top of that, I was pregnant. Um, with my first, I was shooting all the way through my pregnancy um, up until literally giving birth and then a week after giving birth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, can't imagine. It was just crazy. I mean, the fact that I had to sit down and not do anything um, – was a big deal for me. Uh, and then I am an older mother, dare I say it, in my 40s. So my body was not what it is, is not what it used to be. So physically, I realized it gave me a chance to sort of sit and be in myself and just kind of take hold of what's happening right now. Um, but what I did do is I pivoted somewhat by using, again, the communities that I'm part of, a lot of the women's communities that I'm a part of. And I... Um, I started asking people. So actually, Kevin, you say sort of lace apps and things. I did. I did product photography. <laughs> I even did a photo shoot for um, a woman who has this amazing uh, maternity brand, and I modelled it. I shot it. I had my daughter in it, and I did what I had to do. That's I, really- <laughs> I So I, I just reached out to all these businesses, and I said, I know right now we can't – I'm sure you all need photos as well, especially as everything's going online and everything's on Zoom and, and whatnot, but, you know, how can I help? And there were times where I knew others were struggling, so we did a, 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 a we bartered somewhat, or I gave a, a I, I didn't charge my full price, but I was okay with that because for me, supporting others is just as important as them supporting me in my business. And I believe in karma that it, what goes around comes around. So um, it was. It was tough, I'm not going to lie, but I, I used that time to really take stock of what I wanted to do as soon as we were out of it. And you know what? New York was strong. We were, we knuckled in and stayed indoors. And when I remember the first time going out, going, don't touch anything, don't touch anything, don't touch anything, stand on the other side of that person coming across the street. It was crazy, but mm. you know, we were, we were okay. I think people just, did what they had to do and we're now hopefully on the other side with with what was going on in new york um i remember following other photographers and yes people were staying inside as you say people crossing the street but i remember seeing videos of at nighttime people just singing outside of their their windows and just Mm. trying to keep it you know together in such a difficult time it was. Um, I remember. Well, I remember hearing the birds sing. I mean, New York City. You don't hear birds. You hear sirens. You hear people. Hearing the birds sing, and I was like, "Wow, that's so beautiful. I can hear birds sing." Um, but then at the same time, I would reach out to friends to check in with them because I was fortunate. I was staying with my husband and my daughter. 
there were friends out there who didn't have anyone. They were literally in an apartment by themselves. So we'd reach out and just make, just check in and say, hey, are you okay? Is there anything we can do? Like, do you need anything? Can I drop something off? Um, and then hearing people sort of doing the, the pan, pan, uh, pans at, uh, at, uh, I can't remember what time it used to be. My daughter would stand there banging on her pan. It was actually quite a way, a, a nice way of unifying everyone again and saying, you know, we're all here. We're all together. We'll be okay. Um, but it was a tough time. I won't, I won't lie. But one of the things people, those who, you who know me, I am very much a positive person and a, a glass is always half full and I will make the best out of any situation given to me. And even with the pandemic, I, I did that. I feel so, um, yeah, I'm glad we're out of it. <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. I, I did want to bring up something where you say you – I want to hear a little bit of how you navigated the reaching out to to different companies. Uh, was it a situation where you just basically went down a list of, like, people you follow on Instagram where you're reaching out and saying, hey, I offer my services – um, so it's interesting you say this, Kevin, because I'm looking at what I can do to up my marketing game for this year. I'm a solopreneur by myself. I don't have anyone else going out there getting work for me. I, the only thing I outsource are finance and editing. And there's a couple of things in my mind, and I'd love to see if anyone has any ideas that they've they've done or, or looking at. But I'm looking. I was thinking about whether or not I hire someone. Um, who goes out then gets me work and then they get either a commission or a referral fee or something like that. Um, but the way that I've done it so far, again, it comes back to networks. Um, I, I, one of the networks that I'm a part of has oh, now two of them um, has a emails or sort of a, a database where people make requests. And I'm always just looking at what those headlines are and is it looking for a photographer or not. And um, I'm constantly saying, hey, I'm a photographer. I can help. And then I, but now I've also expanded that when I've, I, I, I've been contacting graphic designers and web designers and saying, hey, um, you know, do you have photographers that you use? Let's chat. And that's actually been a really interesting way of getting clients. Um, one of the client, the comedian, in fact, the way I, I managed to book her was actually through a women's network where someone was making the website for the comedian, came across my work and asked me to do the photo shoot. And we had the best time doing this entire shoot. And she's now blowing it up uh, right now is in Las Vegas, which is incredible. And um um, you know, so it's, it's been a different way of getting those clients every now and then. In fact, during the pandemic, I did check in with a lot of my clients just to see genuinely how they're doing. And that also then reminds them that I'm still around. So every now and then I'll do a check in with people every now and then I'll just I won't necessarily cold call, but I'll make sure there's some kind of a connection where I'm able to speak to them or reach out. Um, I went to a co-working space yesterday and just had very natural conversations. And through that, people found out I'm photographers. And just I, I follow up with an email to say, hey, it was so nice to meet you. We'd love to connect again or have a cup of coffee whenever you're free in, in real life because people are really yearning to meet in person. So I think that... Um, that's a really nice way of, of, of building up more, more clients as well. Yeah. I love, I love this too. Cause I think one thing that people tend to forget is like to just make your own, like, I guess in the old days, right. People had Rolodexes on their desk <laughs> where you would literally like have like business cards, but you can have your own digital Rolodex of contacts mm. for your business. Like people you've met at networking events, business mm -hmm. owners you can collaborate with, past clients, clients you have consistently referred to you business. And that's like your warm network list that is gold. And I mm. feel like this is something that we just don't do enough of is just these, this mm -hmm. like basic thing of like, who are the people in my network who love me and I can turn to, you know? So I love that you're bringing this up because it's just so, it's so old school in a beautiful way. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you realize when you're doing something right, when someone else refers you to someone, that always makes my heart sing. When I see mm -hmm. my name in someone else's email saying, hey, I know you're looking, for, you, you made a request for a photographer. You should contact Rashmi Gill. I've, I've, 
some people haven't even used me as a photographer, but they use they mention me. Some people have used me and explain the experience, and I think that for me speaks volumes and is is feels I, I feel so honoured when people do that because that's not me telling them; that's someone else telling them. It's like a, a, the reviews when people leave reviews. Um, I don't do the review system, but you know, people will genuinely listen to someone else about their opinion about or experience about something um, rather than it coming directly from me. So I always love that when that happens. Yeah, I agree. And I I love to, um, Sue said this recently on a live that like the best referrals come typically from people who've like paid you, not people who you gave something away for free. Mm. Or like you said, in your instance where maybe they're friends with someone who paid Mm. you or they saw the photos of a client that paid you like, I feel like sometimes people want to do these referral systems that are all about discounts and rewards and all this stuff. But like, to me, Mm. the best referrals always come from the people who like paid you, loved it, Mm. didn't get a discount, didn't get anything special, but they just want to tell everyone how great it was. Mm. Do you, do you feel that way too? Or? Yeah, I do. And I think, um, I think again, Sue may have said this. Um, people don't remember what you gave them; they remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. She and does say I, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things. I feel like everything probably I have in my head is stuff that Sue has said, and that resonates. So that's always stuck with me and resonates with me because it's true. When you, um, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you'll remember the food, but you'll more importantly remember how they made you feel and and. Uh, the people that you met and the people that you interacted with anywhere you go. So I always make sure from the very first moment I meet a client or they contact me to the very end and thereafter, not even just because they've done their shoot doesn't mean I'm not going to contact them again. I, I check in all the time. I make sure that they feel as special as my last client, um, if not, you know more and I don't know how that's going to be as as time goes by but I have clients who come back to me and I'm, that's I'm hoping a sign that they enjoyed what happened and how they were made to feel and a lot of the times when people write back to say after the shoot or after the photos they don't they will of course say thank you for the photos they're great um but they will always comment um I had such a fantastic time or thank you for the way that you made us feel or thank you for making us feel so comfortable. We were so nervous, but we didn't feel nervous at all um, while we were at the shoot. Um, And that to me is everything. Yeah, I agree. That is like the greatest compliment in in business. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You said that even after the shoot, you still kind of reach out to them. Is there anything that you do specifically that, that you feel helps nurture the, the relationship? Um, yeah. Send emails, but anything else? So I text. I'm old school. I also pick up the phone and just speak to them. <laughs> um, I So I just check in. So one of the things from a business perspective that I try and do is, to your point, um, Ashley, you know, I take a lot of photos and they might, they won't necessarily choose all of them. I always say to them and I always put the seed in their head that these photos are here still. And as long as I don't lose any of my photos, which I've done in the past, oh boy, um, uh, lesson learned the hard way um, I I put the seed in their head that they can always come back for more photos mm-hmm. and so you know when I do the check-in I do the check-in to say how they're doing um, and how you know it'd be great to see where they're doing with the photos and then every now and then they will say actually can we have a couple more or better still they'll say can we do another shoot um, or I've just referred your name to someone else. Um, so it's a nice way of putting that seed, like grow, putting a bit of water on that seed <laughs> that I planted very early on. Yeah, I love that. And then do you ever reach out to them? Like you said, you reach out to just check in. Um, and this is something that I have to say is like always something that I intend to do. And I feel like it always just gets like bumped to the bottom of my to-do list or I end up feeling really awkward about like, I'm just going to call and be like, 
hey, because <laughs> um, you know, I feel like no one does that anymore. Like, hey, just saying, hey, hey. Um, so can you tell us like what, um, what does a check-in call sound like that's organic and it not salesy? Like <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, a lot of my clients become friends. Like, we go out for drinks and we go, like, we meet up at events. And um, it's, it, it, so it becomes really natural. And it's not always a call. I, often nowadays, you know, I'm doing something else or I'm, I'm not able to speak because there's so much going around. So I will send a quick text. And then if it happens, then we'll call each other just to do a quick check-in. But most people are busy and I won't be able to pick up the phone. And I've realized mm-hmm. that. So most of the time it's the text. Um, and I always say to people, if you need something urgently, text is best for me. Um, or just pick up the phone and call me. And if I can answer, I'll answer and, or call you back as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, I, 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 mean, I literally just do pick up the phone and say, hey, what's going on? And um, most people are, are receptive to that. Oh, okay. I love that. Because I mean, yeah, I think like in these days, it's like, I don't know, it just feels socially awkward because that doesn't happen the way it used to happen. And then also, yeah, no, but I I love it. And then the, oh, sorry, Kevin. Oh, no, I was going to say that's just because we're millennials. So we're not used to speaking up, picking up the phone and talking. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing I was going to say is like, for me, I have certain people in my network that you know, are more in the MLM line of things who will message me and I always roll my eyes. Oh my gosh, I love you. But like, what are you selling me today? I'm not interested. I don't want to open this message. And obviously like photography is not an MLM, but like I always get worried about being perceived as being like annoying, like, oh no, why is she messaging me? Um, so yeah, so that's like something like my, maybe my own block that I need to overcome. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe, okay. So another way of maybe doing it, contact them on their birthday, contact them on the anniversary of their shoot, contact them because you know, they're about to have a baby, contact them because you know, they're about to get married. So maybe have a reason that you're contacting them or it's around like, it might be the holidays. It might be. They might celebrate Diwali or Eid or Hanukkah or something. So just it could be very simply that. So it doesn't mm-hmm. seem salesy. Um, but I, I mean, I, I literally just say, hey, just was thinking of you. I hope you're doing well. That's it. No, no request, no big sale thing. No, here's my price list, mm. new price list. Um, it's all just been very natural. Yeah, and I, and I done think it specifically, I think that's the key. What you just said is just making it totally friendly and natural. Because I think like spidey senses go up when you can tell that there's like, hmm. do you know what I mean? You've, I'm sure yeah. you've gotten those messages where you're like, where someone's like from 15 years ago, like, hey, and you're like, uh, what juice? Uh, what, do you want? <laughs> what juice yeah. cleanse is being sold on the other <laughs> line of this? <laughs> you know, I, oh, I really yeah. think that speaks to the, you know. We're a we're in a people business, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we take photos and everything, but at the end of the day, being a solopreneur, entrepreneur is how you treat people and befriending them. And it's not simply about mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, you had a photo shoot, and the only time you're ever going to hear from me again is when it's time for you to uh, re up and have some more images, you know, mm-hmm. to the way you you do it yourself. Rashmi is. You're my friend. We're going to go out for drinks. We're going to mm-hmm. uh, do that. And by nurturing that, will ultimately build your brand ambassadors. The people mm-hmm. who are going to go out and say, hey, you need your, your you know personal branding images done? I know a fantastic photographer that mm-hmm. can do this for you. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm, yeah, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, while Kevin was saying that, I just, like, had that bubble moment of actually things that I've done in the past where it's like, I will set aside time and money in my budget to like pay for drinks out with some, you know what I mean? Cause it's so mm. much nicer if you like treat them. Right. Especially if they're yeah. a great client. So do you like budget for that? Do you have like a part that you set aside for like, you know, 
I don't know what you call it. I guess meals and entertainment is what it's officially yeah. called. <laughs> tax purposes. Of course. Yeah, always make it sensible. I, um, so it's interesting. I've been trying to work out if there's a gift that I can give to people, and I'm still trying to work my head around what that could be. Um, I've done various things, but I haven't settled on one thing. And then, yes, every now and then I will take a client out for dinner or drinks. Um, but again, it's not sort of very, it's not, set in stone it's got to happen organically otherwise Mm -hmm. like you say it's too salesy (laughs) Um, and I practice what I preach if I don't like being sold to I'm not going to sell to someone Um, just like I I I, I take photos of people I have people take photos of me so I've had you know Nikki took the most incredible photo shoot of me and my daughter and my husband in Arizona when we first went to one of the portrait masters and then I've had um, G take photos. Alice has taken my maternity photos and with the newborn, and I'm trying to get her back to take photos now that he's over one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know I feel like if everything is done with authenticity, um, practice what you preach, be your true authentic self. People will come, but you have to do the work. You still have to do it. Um, but for me, that's work. Being authentic not selling and just loving what I do and showing people how much I love it. And then they love it even more. That's fantastic. Um, so we are cl- getting close to the end of the one hour interview. Uh, before that, can you tell us uh, what advice would you give for people who are potentially looking to start up their own personal branding, ex- especially maybe outside what they should be focused on and, you know, the advice that you wish you would have gotten when you were first starting? Just uh, predominantly for location or generally? Uh, Generally. Generally. Um, Think about what it is that you want to shoot. Do you want to do what I do and shoot everyone or do you want to specifically do certain types of of, uh, companies, people or otherwise? Because I see that there have been a bit of both. Um, like I said before, be your authentic self. Really don't, don't try to be anything that you're not. Um, for me, lesson learned is do what you're good at and delegate what you're not mm-hmm. <laughs> good at or don't enjoy. Editing is something I spent hours overnight trying to do and I realized I hated it and I didn't want to have the time doing it. Um, Same. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hats off to all those editors out there, but it's just not for me. Um, and then think about your pricing and what works for you. Um, for me, it's going to be a changing thing and I, this is a new thing for me. But January, surprisingly, with this new pa- even with this new uh, setup, ended up being really busy for me and it shocked me. But be true to yourself. Be open to everything. Uh, again, like Sue says, give with open arms take with open arms and say thank you and be grateful um, for every single thing and any encounter you have think about it in a way in the back of your mind of how can I make this a relationship whether it be personal or business and the personal ones you probably will end up becoming a business too one way or the other whether it be for a referral or that person actually being a client because that's worked for me too that is fantastic advice. Thank you very much. And it has so been welcome. an absolute pleasure having you on with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, it's been amazing being able to you guys. <laughs> I wish we could do this in person where we can actually touch each other and like go, oh my God, you're real. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, it's such a pleasure and honor to be here, but also to be a part of this incredible community has given me so, so much. I've made the best friends here. Uh, Neon, I see you. Joe, I see you. Natalie, I see you. Um, and, um, you know, the, the community, it's been the one thing that I've been looking for all this time during my career, and I'm happy. I'm so thrilled and grateful to have found it and, and grateful to you to have given me this opportunity to share a little bit of my story. Thank you for sharing it. Uh, before we let you go, can you go ahead and share your socials so people know where to find you? Oh, of course I can. Um, my ID handle is Rashmi Girl Photography, and um, my website is www.rashmigill.com. There we go. Everyone, <laughs> please be please be sure to go 
be sure to go follow Rashmi, as well as make sure to follow the Portrait System on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Uh, also, be sure to check out the blog posts that are associated with our Clubhouse interviews at subriceeducation.com forward slash blog. You can follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And you can find me there as poplight underscore photography. If you are a member of the Portrait System and you have any more questions for Rashmi, Ashley, or myself, please go tag us in the post in the Portrait System members only Facebook group. And if you are not a member of the Portrait System and you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, reach out to Ella on our support team by emailing support at subriceeducation.com. Thank you again for joining us and hope you can see us. join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to subriceeducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's subriceeducation.com.